Hey, Heidi, it's great to see you on this fine day. How are you doing? I am so happy to be here. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're both feeling like that, right? Like, uh, I think it's just been one of those um, weeks, months, years. Um, I'm feeling a lot like there's a things just happening in my world that I don't have a lot of control around. And then um, trying to make sure I'm keeping track of everything, I think is a little bit um, daunting and overwhelming. So anyway, you know. Well, you know, we, we are in this place where we all wear so many hats and we are all expect so much of ourselves in these different roles. And so I'm happy to have this conversation and just think about what we do to support each other and ourselves and promote positive mental health. Yeah, I think that'll be good if we can talk a little bit about that. And I think, you know, it is, um, you know, important for us to just recognize the fact that as individuals um, who are working, who are parents, who have a lot already going on, and then the, the, I don't know about you, but I often feel like as a leader in my community, I want to be there for other people, but then that leaves very little time for me to remember to fill my own bucket with things that, you know, are going to help me stay centered and feel okay. Right. And so, you know, not that I don't enjoy doing all of those things. because that's part of the reason why I do them is because it does fill some of my bucket, but then you get exhausted at the end of the day. You're like, Oh, did I sleep at all today, this week? You know? Uh, And I do sometimes when I think when I have to do, I hate talking about myself, but when I, have to do like a presentation where they ask you to introduce like what you're doing in the community. And then Mm -hmm. I think about what I have been doing, I think. And then they say, well, what, when do you sleep? I said, I don't know. I don't know when I sleep because I'm always thinking about things and it it keeps me up at night. (laughs) I know it's true. I, um, yeah, actually recently I was, so I lost a friend to ovarian cancer over the weekend. That was my age, which is really, Right. And it just rocks you. And I was not letting myself go through the tunnel of emotion because we have little league and my kids have to get to practice. And, you know, we have this business dinner and this, and like that tunnel kept coming and it kept coming. And so finally I let myself go through the tunnel of emotion. And what I kept thinking was, I wish I had a me in my life. Like I have these amazing, wonderful women that surround me that are great friends. And like, I just wanted that like mentor friend to be there because sometimes we Mm. remember to give so much and it's like, well, we still need, I'm still needing that person to wrap around me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am so sorry. I wasn't there. I would have wrapped around (laughs) you. That's a really, and this wraps around me. This fills my heart. Right. And it does. And Um, I think remembering to go through that tunnel of emotion and let ourselves have that, like even when we're momming, when we're leading, when we're teaching, when we're wifing, when we're whatever, you know, volunteering, like we still have the right to pause and step back and go through whatever emotion we're feeling. What a great point. You, we all have the right to pause one, two. I think sometimes I've heard this from other people. Like I have to be strong for them. I have to be strong to show them. And here's the challenge that I have begun to give to myself when I say that is what are you being strong for? Are you helping them learn how to maneuver through these difficult times in an appropriate way that doesn't build upon their stress and cortisol levels so that later they have some other issues in their life um, because you're not modeling for them appropriately? What are you being strong for? What is it that you're being strong for? Because what are you protecting? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've been challenged myself with that question because I have also, I have a very dear friend who is going through cancer, colon cancer. Um, and I've lost several friends, uh, not my age to, you know, ovarian cancer and breast cancer and some of the cancers and more and more of our friends as I get older, I feel like, you know, due to the heightened levels of cortisol within our profession, even have had some bouts of cancer. I recently had a cancer scare, um, where I got a biopsy and, and everything thankfully came back fine. But, you know, during that whole time, you're, you're, like you said, I'm not letting myself go through the tunnel of emotion because I needed to be strong for my girls and I didn't want them to be afraid. And I didn't want them to think that, that this was going to be a big deal. And, you know, um, but really who was I being strong for? Because that just built the stress levels up. And did I help them through that? Then, then later they're like, well, I didn't feel like I could talk to you either. Cause you were being so like, it wasn't a big deal. Whatever. Know, right? Yeah. Emotions, right? But I was scared or I was feeling yeah. this and it didn't feel natural. And yeah. 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 I I think it's important. Yeah. I think, you know, as the more overwhelmed we get too, I think it's even more important to do that check-in. Like, am I going, letting myself feel what I need to feel? Um, and if I'm not, how do I help myself do that? Even if you want to do it privately, because some people, you know, we still have a societal view that crying is a weakness or a sign of weakness. Um, and so it's still important for yourself to get through those emotions and allow yourself. Sometimes it's very lethargic to, or cathartic rather, not lethargic, cathartic. <laughs> you can um, feel lethargic after, <laughs> even though it's cathartic feeling. Right. But you can, you know, to go through that emotion. Right. Um, and so I've really been trying to, you know, push myself to, to do the things I need to do for those self-care moments. And even if it's just five minutes of, you know, breathing, exercises that I know yes. are important and, and taking that, like you said earlier, a pause, like taking a pause and just like letting myself be for a second, even if it's not around like a, an intense emotion, but knowing I have another task I need to get my head wrapped around. I've been moving from task to task to task. I need a brain break. And one way to do that is to take a pause, right? Because you can't, if you don't let your brain take a break, the big issue with that is that it doesn't have the same capacities, right? It's like a computer at night. You're supposed to turn it off. Get a reset or a reboot or a, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. I never turn my computer off. It's like, it'll, I'll get those messages. Like it's been on for 300 days. You must turn off. Like that's, I did not realize an analogy for life. Yeah. <laughs> And you're probably running like that too. See, so you probably, you haven't turned yourself off for 300 days and it's time, right? Right. And not that I don't let it die. Like the computer right. dies all the time, but just yeah. not turned off. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need that for you. So, I mean, Uh-oh. our bodies do that by telling us they're sick, by right? Becoming like to this place where you, you know, are so... Um, past the point of stress. And this happens to people, even young people, right? When they're after finals week, after like very stressful events in life, they'll have been going through all of those things and then they'll be sick. And a lot of times it's because your immune system has been pushing you through with all of the adrenaline and cortisol. And it's been trying to fight off all of that and get yourself to a homeostasis that then at the end, it's like you plummet and you, right? it crashes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm thinking about the crash and I'm thinking about how we either get ourselves to that place where we can see the crash coming. What do you do? How do you force yourself to take the pause and breathe? 
So, you know, I think part of it has been helpful that I'm teaching some classes around <laughs> mental health, right? <laughs> and <laughs> out we for the teach what we need to learn, don't we? <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that's been helpful. But I think one of the things that has um, really brought it to light is that I've started finding that some of its age, right? I don't heal as quickly as I used to, right? Mm-hmm. But I also have always held tension in my neck, which then travels down my back. And then eventually I feel like I can't move the way I need to move. And I have very physical, you know, pieces of my life that I want to make sure I am, you know, the best capacity for. And so I really have been starting to think about when I, you know, am not getting enough physical exercise to help with the reduction I need to make sure that I provide that. So I, even while I'm working, I bought a walking pad, right? So it's not treadmill, but it's a walking pad. Yeah. So that, that I'm exercising and I'm moving my body different so that I can start to release some of those stress hormones in a, in a physical way. That's one way that really is helpful to your body is getting physical, even if it's walks outside or, you know, it, it, you can incorporate other things for mindfulness. If you want it to be about mindfulness, sometimes I just need for my body to move and I'm very sedentary and the more stressed you get more often, the more sedentary you get, which is actually worse for you. Um, in regards to getting all of those unspent um, hormones out, right? So you, you know, that just cortisol just starts to build and build and build and build. And then, you know, pretty soon for females specifically, you start to gain that weight in the middle section. Um, it's very normal. Um, all that cortisol. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm aware. I'm aware of it. <laughs> At age, you know, we're just like, know. <laughs> um, no spring chickens here. Um, anyway, so I think, but that's one thing. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, moving definitely. I love that. But I loved how you just said like re- the reminder that moving is not, um, it does feel good, right? But it's to burn off the extra hormones that is, cr- are, is and continue to be created by the stress. And so that actually, as you said that, that was interesting. I wanted to re- re-say that because I think of it as it's part of my self-care routine. It's part of keeping my body healthy, but it's also to literally change the brain chemicals so that I can access and be calmer. Um, what do I do? So, okay. I, nature is really big, really big for me. In fact, I almost just sat outside and did this, but I was afraid that we'd hear a dog barking and and wind and, and all the things, but just being in the outside air, even if I don't get sunlight and vitamin D is so huge for my brain and my body. Um, and I am, have had a lot of little league time of recent and this weekend at the T-ball field, one of my friends brought her baby and I got to Ooh. see baby Wade. He's about four months old and I was playing with him and putting him down on the ground and his toes were like curling up every time he would touch the, you know, he touched the dirt and she was like, oh, that's right, baby Wade, get grounded, get grounded. And I was like, oh yes, get grounded, feel the earth. And so it reminded me, I took my shoes off. And as I sat there the rest of the day, I, I put, you know, I had my feet on the earth and just like getting connected to nature in every little way possible, um, is really helpful to me. And it doesn't require a lot of time, yeah, right. It could be quick. True. And true. yeah, I think taking time though, too, like I've been telling my, you know, staff that one of the, the big things is making sure that we are giving ourselves time off, right. Part of re 
filling your bucket is getting yourself some time away, away from all of the busyness that you have. And, you know, I used to make annual homages to the ocean because the ocean is a place where I feel very connected and grounded. And I love the mountains too. So either one are, are great for me, but I specifically really love you know, the ocean, it, it, warm, cold, whatever. I really like the warm, obviously, because I like to dig my feet into the sand. Oh, the warm. I can, I literally can feel that on my feet right now. <laughs> right? Yes. You're like, oh. <gasps> and so, I mean, and just like the waves and the way that they ebb and flow. And then you can just use that as like kind of a, you know, centering of, you know, yourself. And I think, you know, le- allowing yourself to do that um, is important and not waiting until you are at a point where you're now ready to have an emotional breakdown or you're so sick. You know, that's one of the things that I've always thought about when I'm thinking of retirement. I don't want to wait until I'm retired to travel. I don't want to wait until I'm retired to do the fun things because it's longer and longer before you're able to actually retire nowadays. And so you need to be able to do those things as you're moving through life. And they don't have to be expensive trips going, you know, a couple hours um, to the ocean um, or here where we have lakes really close by or the mountains that are really helpful, you know, getting that nature in is one, another way that they talk about in a lot of the research that is helpful to everyone, just getting outside, getting into the breeze, getting into, you know, air that's not internal. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, You know, it's just different and it can help people um, who have high stress levels, um, bring some of that cortisol level down and and really begin to help them. I think it's really nice um, way. Um, what is another way showing that to our children, right? Inviting Uh our children in on those experiences. I hadn't really thought, so I took the week off for spring break. It was one of the best decisions I've made. I wasn't planned. I canceled a whole bunch of stuff and it was so mentally needed. Um, and we just did some day trips. One of the things we did was to go to this little pond out past my parents' house on BLM and catch polywogs. And it Oh my gosh, it was so fun. There was all different developmental phases of the polywogs and tadpoles. Yeah, so fast. And, oh, yeah, it was so yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and that was a really, really important thing, not just for me and my two children, but I took my nanny, her little sister who also has a baby, baby Ulysses, who is three months old. And it was like the first time she had really gotten out of the house with the baby to nature, right? Like it's, which is, I mean, if you remember, that's a big homage. That's that yes, first time. Yes. Um, and so for me, that was incredibly powerful modeling to her that you can do this. You can get out. It's worth all the hassle. Of course we forgot milk. So it was cut a little bit short, but um, we were able to get back in time. And so I don't even, honestly, I don't even know why I started telling the story other than it was a really wonderful nature experience yeah. and we yeah. included our children in that right. stress. Well, and I think even as a young mom, I think one of the things I took from that is that as a young mom, it can be difficult, but when you get out there, it can be such an amazing time. Yes. And, and you are again, developing brains very early on. So even if they aren't going to have a conscious memory, they will have their body keep score, right? Like that, you know, yes. that's an important, yes. you know, reminder and, and just, you feel different. So your baby feels different, you know, knowing that mere, you know, neurons are there when you are feeling soothed and, or excited in a happy way, 
So does the baby. The baby is like, oh, this is awesome. You know, mom is feeling good. I'm going to feel good. And that's really important. And we're going to, you know, be talking about postpartum at some point in time. And I think it's important for people to realize like postpartum health isn't just for those who get extreme depression or extreme anxiety. Postpartum health is for any mom who has had birth recently. And it can be, you know, your hormones are going in weird ways for up to a year after birth. And so being conscientious of the fact that you really need to fill your bucket, especially since you're not sleeping the same and you're, you're really having this moment with this baby, even as much help as you get from hopefully family members, you need some time to reconnect, reconnect to the earth, reconnect to your environments um, and fill your buckets in ways that help keep you centered Um, as a mom throughout, you know, or, you know, as a caregiver, care provider, um, Uh. it's true no matter what, right? Because we're modeling, like you said earlier to our children, but we're also giving off and feeding from some of that, you know, delight that we're seeing in Mm. ourselves or delight in whatever we're doing. And so, you know, the other way that I I love to read. And sometimes I'm reading for professional purposes to keep my mind, you know, sharp and in tune and up to date with newest research, et cetera. But other times it is for just fun. Right. And sometimes I'll be reading two different books, one for fun and one for professional purposes. Um, And so that's the other way that I really do find um, to bring myself back to, you know, a place where I'm, you know, feeling better. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of times we'll just have like this boob tube kind of thing, or we'll just turn the TV on and, you know, and just sit there and, you know, but then I'm not feeling any better after that. That isn't helpful to my brainwaves. So reading really does provide me with an opportunity to feel a little differently about my life, you know, even if it's, you know, uh, of your brain, right? What, um, what do you have by your bedside right now? What are you reading? So right now I am reading, um, child and adolescent psychopathology. That is what I'm reading right now. Um, you know, I know, I know a lot of fun things right there in that, in that title, but it's because I'm preparing for some things, but I also, um, was reading a new, it's a new book and I can't even remember the name of it, but it's a, um, it's, um, it's a part of a, beginning of a series that I want to start reading. Um, and it's, you know, fantasy kind of fiction. Cause that helps get my mind off of reality, like so psychopathology. <laughs> so it helps, <laughs> it helps with that, right. It helps, it helps make sure that I'm, um, you know, feeling a little differently and, it, but, um, and I enjoy those kinds of things. And I like, you know, I'm a, an eclectic music listener t- and I'm also an eclectic oh, yeah. reader. Oh, music like is another one that's so powerful. You know, I don't, it's weird. I don't initiate music that much, but if people around me put music on that, it really greatly impacts my emotion and gives me a, a I'm sure a variation of chemical release internally. So that's right. It's another one to think about. Yeah. So just, you know, in thinking about some of the books that I have read in the past around like helping with mental health or helping myself with getting grounded or whatever, where the crawdads sing, have you read that, read that? I haven't. One of my commissioners has told me that was the top two books she's ever read in her whole life. It's very, very good. Um, And it really does talk about, you know, how you can accept um, yourself and belong and connect Mm. yourself, even when you've had a lot of trauma in your life and, and how this person navigated through that. So it's really a really good book. I really enjoyed that book. And, um, and then there was another one um, that I really liked. Um, that's, um, 
more around they have it wasn't called this but they're the same author also authors the mastery of love and i think it's called the four agreements and the four agreements um by don miguel ruiz that's the name of the book the four agreements by <laughs> i got I, um he i really appreciated that book and i read it um because you're making agreements with yourself mm-hmm. You're making agreements with yourself and those agreements help you make some decisions around saying no and around saying, you know, some of the things you need to do to set boundaries, but also does it make you feel good? Is it, is it the right thing to do? Um, you know, and I think that's probably why being a Rotarian resonates for me as well. Cause we have the four agreements, um, there too, like the four you need, you know, is it good for everyone involved? Is it, you know, I mean, and, and I think that the, those from, is a little different with Don Miguel Ruiz's book, but I think that really is a good one for people to read around a journey for themselves in finding some of the things that matter to them, but also then being able to maneuver through that and stick to that as they, as they grow um, in life. So I liked those two books. Um, I, love that. I can see that book, the four agreements. I don't own it, but my aunt does. And I can see it by the bedside of the bed I used to sleep if I was going to visit them, you know, so I um, can imagine the cover. And I think that this is probably that, you know, universal reminder that I should probably read it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, what if in, we, Oh, go ahead. Oh, and when I was in um, my bachelor's degree, the sociology teacher, he made us read man's search for meaning by Victor Frankel. Um, and that one is it's, um, Frankel actually wrote a couple books and one of this was one of them that he read. And this one is around his own trauma in Nazi Germany, but it also just gives you some life perspective and just kind of like when you survive that, how you find meaning in life and how you then maneuver through. So that was another good one that I think um, was helpful um, for me anyway. Well, I love going down this um, this trail of our favorite books and, and, you know, how we pour back into ourselves with the book. So I was going to say, what if we invited our listeners? So listeners, if you want to, um, snap a, um, picture of the books you're reading or just comment in some of your favorite books, we would, we would add them to our reading list. So Wendy and I can keep filling up our cups with these great books. Yes. Yes. Cause there's a couple that I have that I want to read. Um, but I haven't had a chance to read, but I would really um, love to hear some more, uh, you know, what people are feeling like um, would be good. I think the next one that I really want to check out is called Boundaries. It's um, when to say yes, how to say no, to take control of your life. And just, you know, um, I think it's a good one because I sometimes ha- struggle with the no word. Um, and yeah. those, you know, um, I think as we mentioned earlier, you know, just being leaders and helpers. We're both helpers in our communities. We often want to be there um, for everything. And, you know, I have a friend who says, if it it isn't a hell yes, it's a no, but right. Yeah. (laughs) um, Different from Shonda Rhimes book that says, say yes. um, Where she's saying like, if you have a fear, you should just say yes. Yeah. It is because of that fear. You should say yes. Um, This one is like, if you say yes to everything, because you're just trying to like, make sure you're being there for everything, then maybe say no. (laughs) It's about FOMO of not being there. Yeah. No, I think that is incredibly true. Um, Yeah. I was recently talking about boundaries with my five-year-old and my amazing nanny who's 22 is like, man, if I had learned that I wouldn't have given up four years of my life to this relationship, you know? And it's like, 
those boundaries that earlier we can start talking about them. But what that means is like, we have to really understand and articulate them for ourselves, which I don't know that I'm so there on. So I think reading (laughs) that book is probably a good start. I have really been enjoying my daughter's books. Um, She's reading kind of at a sixth grade level. And there's this book called Three Keys and Four Keys about um, several families that are first generation immigrants and own a hotel. And it is like the, I'm, the best story and the best way to really think about diversity of experience as a um, strength and contributing to a community. And so um, I've been having fun with kind of that sixth grade level fiction. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I think, you know what, sometimes I do, you know, one of the book series that my daughter was reading a long time ago, that was the ones that I started and they were considered teenage, whatever. Right. And so she was a tweener or whatever. And I was like, well, I really like them. So I'm reading them. I don't, I think that, you know, sometimes literature um, is what you need it to be at the moment. Right. And, and a grade level isn't as important as much as that you're choosing to explore different opportunities through, through written words. So I think it's just, if it's bringing you some joy, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, we started with mental health. We started with like maybe some loss. We got some strategies and a long list of books that we can all participate in. Hopefully some people got some good suggestions and I am so glad that we got to talk and hopefully you're feeling like you were being wrapped up as well. I think we did have some great conversation and hopefully we did share some strategies and I just appreciate being with you. I do feel wrapped up. I feel nurtured. So thank you. I feel the same. Thank you. And go have a lovely time with your beautiful children.